Happy Palm Sunday. I don't know if that's a thing people say, but I'm making that a thing people say today. Happy Palm Sunday. I'm excited to be bringing you God's word from Luke 19, the account of Palm Sunday, a story that very often gets told in church, especially around this time of year, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have stuff to teach us. I mean, just writing this sermon, I've learned a lot about who God is and what that means for my life, so that's my prayer for you today. So before we get into it, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are powerful, you are present, and that you are working for your people. I thank you that you revealed yourself as Messiah to us. So Lord, I just pray that as we look at your word, we can have a greater understanding of who you are and what that means for our lives. Amen. So, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but Jesus walks a lot in the Bible. Like, he is always walking. He's walking from town to town, through the cities, down the dirt roads. He even goes off-road at one point and walks on water. He does a lot of walking, and I'm puffed out just thinking about it. Yet suddenly, Luke 19... Jesus makes a request. He doesn't want to walk anymore. He requests a donkey. So let's have a look at Luke 19, 28, and see Jesus requesting a donkey. I recommend you opening your Bible or phone and reading along because I'll be jumping around Luke 19 a bit. So let's have a look from verse 28. It says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethany, Oh, Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, tell them the Lord needs it. Those who went, who were sent, sorry, ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. Jesus, first time on a donkey. Big moment, first donkey ride, good for him. But the thing is, there wasn't even a donkey there already. He had to send his disciples into town, make a big fuss, getting them having to find one, untie one, bring it back to him. So why is Jesus making this specific request? Why doesn't Jesus just keep walking? What is the purpose of Jesus riding a donkey into Jerusalem? We know Israel is awaiting a Messiah. The Messiah that was first promised to Abraham. The Messiah that all through the Old Testament they prayed about, they discussed, they prophesied about including an important prophecy we see in Zechariah 9.9, which I think, yep, it's up on the screen. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Sound familiar? Jesus knew what he was doing. He didn't just want a donkey because his legs were tired. He didn't just want a donkey because it's a bit of fun. No, he wanted a donkey because he was revealing that he is the Messiah, 
that was prophesied in Zechariah 9.9. Then when the the disciples bring Jesus his donkey, not only do they bring him a donkey, they bring him an unridden donkey, suggesting that it's fit for a king or a messiah. The messiah prophesies in Zechariah 9.9. The messiah on the donkey. The messiah on the Mount of Olives. You see, Zechariah 14.4 tells us about the Messiah. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. Where does this whole donkey moment take place, the whole request? Verse 29 says it. The Mount of Olives. Jesus is preparing for a significant event prophesied in Zechariah, in a significant place prophesied in Zechariah. The passage we are looking at today is more than just Jesus' first donkey ride. It's more just him than just him requesting a donkey the same way I request an Uber. No, it's more meaningful than that. It's more purposeful than that. Jesus on his donkey descends from the Mount of Olives into the crowded city of Jerusalem to show that he is Messiah. How does that go? Verse 37 says, When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That little quote there, that's actually part of Psalm 118. That is a psalm sung to God, about God. Is the crowd cluing on to hear that Jesus actually is God, is the Messiah? Now, I mean, not everyone in the crowd is actually stoked. The Pharisees throw their little tantrum. There's some people in the crowd like, who who is this guy? But... This is clearly a meaningful event as people are singing their praises, as Jesus is revealing himself, because it is Jesus purposefully and peacefully revealing his power. Jesus purposefully went to the Mount of Olives. He purposefully rode a donkey. He purposefully fulfilled the messianic prophecy down to the details. Did the disciples know his purpose? doesn't seem like it. Did the crowd actually go, ah, yes, this is exactly like the prophecy in Zechariah 9.9? I mean, I don't think they did. If they did, it's not written here in Luke. Jesus had a purpose far greater than the understanding of those present, those he was with in the moment. Jesus was thoughtful and controlled here in the book of Luke, even when the people didn't understand it. And that's the same for us today. Jesus is still thoughtful. Jesus is still powerful and purposeful and in control, whether we understand that or not. The story of Palm Sunday also highlights the peacefulness of God's character. I want you to imagine you're going to a concert for your favorite band. You line up outside the concert venue. There's posters everywhere of that band. You get to the front of the line with your ticket. The security guard gives you the wristband. You made it in. You watch the first support act. 
You watch the second support act. They're good, but they're not who you're here to see, no. You're here to see your favourite band. Suddenly, the stage lights go out. A drum roll begins to pick up. The band's name is plastered across the back of the stage. The people start chanting their name louder and louder. The drum roll is building and building. The lights turn on. The band is there. They announce their presence. The crowd goes wild. It is such an entrance, a band on a stage. How much more would you expect then for the Messiah announcing his presence into the world? But Jesus doesn't reveal he's the Messiah by riding in on a dramatic horse with the people cheering and chanting his name. He doesn't go straight to the officials, the important people to say, look, I'm here, I am the Messiah. There's no trumpets. There's not really even an announcement of his presence. There's just Jesus rocking up on a donkey. Why? Because Jesus is humble. He is our humble, peace-bringing Messiah. Yes, he's the Messiah come to bring salvation, but not salvation through war and chaos and conquest. He's the Messiah to bring salvation through self-sacrificial service. Jesus humbled himself to a cross so we can have a restored relationship between us and God, us and one another, and us and this world. This is the ultimate act of peace, and every part of Jesus' ministry points towards this peace, including this act on Palm Sunday. I mean, you might read on to the next part and notice that Jesus is suddenly flipping tables in the temple and say, that's not very peaceful, but it actually is Jesus still doing the actions that lead towards his peaceful vision for this world. He is still acting towards his peaceful intentions, that peaceful restoration. The purposeful and peaceful nature of Jesus takes whole new meaning in the revelation of his power. Palm Sunday points towards the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. Palm Sunday is when Jesus fulfilled what was prophesied about the Messiah in the Old Testament, when he arrives in Jerusalem, and then he leads to him to doing the ultimate act of power, his death and resurrection. We see the purposeful, peaceful, and powerful nature of Jesus in the Palm Sunday story. Jesus' power lets us have confidence that his purpose will happen in our lives, and we can trust God's purpose because we know that he is peaceful. On Palm Sunday, Jesus purposefully and peacefully revealed that he is the powerful Messiah. But there's no point revealing something if there's no one to reveal it to. The dictionary definition of the word revelation is a surprising and previously unknown fact that has been disclosed to others. If Thomas Edison revealed the invention of the light bulb to no one, we might be in a dark room right now. If Darth Vader never said, Luke, I am your father, Luke never would have tried to convince Darth Vader to join the light side. If the creator of Netflix never revealed the streaming service to the public, I'd have a lot more time on my hands. 
A revelation is futile if it's not to others. I mean, what's the point of revealing something with no one to reveal it to? So on Palm Sunday, when Jesus enters Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, symbolically revealing that he is the Messiah to the crowds in Jerusalem, how did the people respond? Let me show you a painting. There it is. This beautiful painting is called Entry into the City, and it's painted by the artist John August Swanson. It's a depiction of Palm Sunday full of energy and story. You can see as Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, among the crowd there's the children looking up to Jesus. There's the soldiers watching on, the mother holding her baby. There's the palm wavers, the flag wavers. There's people laying down their coats. This is different stories, different responses, different reactions to Jesus. One response that Luke 19 highlights is that of the Pharisees. So let's have a look at Luke 19, 39. It says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And then in John's account of Palm Sunday, in John 12, 19, he elaborates on the Pharisees' thoughts towards Jesus' entry. It says, So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The Pharisees, they are pressed like a panini. Their blood is boiling. They are not buying what Jesus is selling. I mean, we see this throughout the Gospels. Whenever Jesus does something bold, like heals on the Sabbath or steps out beyond social norms to care for outcasts, the Pharisees are not having it. The Pharisees have a plan for society, how they think things should go, how they think things should run, and Jesus doesn't align with that plan. So when they see the crowd cheering him on, getting all hyped for Jesus, they are angry. They are jealous. They are annoyed. They are threatened in response to Jesus on Palm Sunday. Also in the crowd, though, are people that are confused and they end up mistaken. Matthew 21, 10 to 11 says, When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is Jesus, the prophet. So these people knew Jesus was a big deal. They called him a prophet. That's a big deal. That's big. But it's not big enough. Jesus isn't just a prophet. Here he's not saying, I am just a prophet. No, here he is saying, I am the Messiah. So these people thinking Jesus is just a prophet, they're mistaken. And then in the crowd, we have the worshippers, worshipping Jesus, singing his praises, pure adoration. Let's have a look at Luke 19, 37 and 38. It says... The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Jesus is out here revealing himself as Messiah and the crowd is loving it. They are eating it up. They're singing his praises. These people get it, right? 
they understand Jesus is revealing himself as Messiah. Right? Well, let's have a look at Luke 19, 41 and 42. It says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he being Jesus, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Following the big commotion on the crowd, the praises, the palm leaves, Jesus wept. Jesus weeps and exclaims that the people don't even understand what they're saying. I mean, it's clear to us that the Pharisees and those who mistook Jesus as a prophet has missed the mark of who Jesus is, but the worshippers too? I mean, they were clearly on Jesus' side, loving him. But only in that moment. Not when Jesus got arrested. Not when Jesus was on trial. Not when he was crucified. The people in the crowd were worshipping Jesus as Messiah, yes. But with their idea of who the Messiah is. They were expecting a Messiah to come and restore Israel's monarchy, drive out Roman invaders that would set up Israel like this amazing, ruling place. So when Jesus was suddenly on trial, it didn't seem like that was going to happen, does it? They quickly lost focus and, well, they left. The Pharisees, the mistaken, even the worshippers thought they knew what Jesus was doing, what he was all about, what his purpose was, but they missed it. On Palm Sunday, Jesus purposefully revealed himself as the peaceful Messiah, yet everyone misses it. And Jesus has purposefully and peacefully revealed himself as the Messiah to us today, too. I mean, that's why we celebrate Easter. It's the ultimate revelation of Jesus' purpose, peace, and power. Jesus humbled himself to, on the cross, died for our sins, rose again to life, overcoming sin and death, just so we can have a relationship with him now into eternity, bringing full restoration. That is an act of peace. That is a purpose. That is powerful. So Jesus has revealed he is Messiah to us on the cross. Then he has challenged us to respond. So how will you respond? How do you react to Jesus' revelation? What does this mean for you? Maybe you relate to the Pharisees who are just, see, following Jesus as misinformed, a threat to your beliefs. The Pharisees knew what they wanted, they knew how they wanted society, and that did not align with what Jesus wanted. They were jealous. They were angry. They were judgmental. They were close-minded. They were stuck in their ways. How do you respond when your plans for your life don't align with God's plans for your life? Angry you don't get your way? Jealous of those who do? Do you close your mind and stay stuck in your ways? judging those who also don't conform to them. Or maybe you relate to those who were mistaken, mistaken, sorry, 
thinking Jesus is just a prophet, an important figure, but nothing life-changing. You might see Jesus as just another historical religious leader who said some nice things, but doesn't really change anything for you. You might even consider yourself a Christian, but living a life that Jesus doesn't really change anything for you. The thing is, though, if Jesus did actually die, stay dead for days, then rose again from the grave, that is life-changing. That confirms Jesus was who he said he was, the Messiah, God in flesh, saviour to all. This verifies what Jesus said, what he did, what he taught. If God came down to earth, offered us salvation through Jesus, offers us relationship through Jesus, that's life-changing. Jesus is either some guy who lied a ton or God in flesh. And the death and resurrection of Jesus as a historical event for me makes me think he's God in flesh. So who's Jesus to you? I mean, if Jesus is just some guy from history, it makes sense he doesn't impact your life. I wouldn't expect it to. But if you've decided that Jesus is Messiah, if you believe in the death and resurrection, that ought to change everything. Or maybe you can relate to those worshipping Jesus on Palm Sunday. They are worshipping Jesus as the Messiah, but their own idea of what the Messiah is. A Messiah was, who was going to help them how they understood it. But what Jesus was doing was beyond their understanding and far greater than they could ever imagine. The crowd of worshippers limited Jesus to what they understood, what benefited them, how they wanted the Messiah to be. But this meant they misunderstood who Jesus was altogether. I think it's actually incredibly human to try and put things in a box and limit things to how you understand it. I mean, it's scary and humbling to not understand something. But the problem with doing that is God is far greater than our understanding. I mean, God created the whole world. I can't understand how to create a world. I can barely understand how to create IKEA furniture. It would be wild of me to pretend that I understood God, but often I do. When we limit God, we can limit him to what he can and can't do, what he can and can't overcome, who he can and can't use. We limit God so we can try and understand him, but that's not seeing him for who he really is, for his true power as the Messiah. The Pharisees, the mistaken, the worshippers, think they know who Jesus was when, they re when he revealed himself to them, but they all miss the truth. It happened on Palm Sunday, and it still happens today. But the thing is, Luckily for us, we follow a powerful, purposeful, and peaceful God. His purpose will prevail no matter where our heart may be. 
His intentions are peaceful for the sake of restoration, so we can trust them. His power is so divine, it far outweighs our shortcomings. As we approach Easter, as we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus, let's look at him for who he truly is, the purposeful, powerful, peaceful Messiah. Let us not approach him like a Pharisee, but with an open mind to what Jesus has to say and teach us. Let us not approach Jesus like the mistaken, but allow the magnitude of the death and resurrection to impact our lives. Let us not approach Jesus like the worshippers, but instead humble ourselves, letting go of our own messianic expectations and let God work beyond our comprehension. On Palm Sunday, Jesus was the Messiah. On the cross, Jesus was the Messiah. Today, Jesus still is the Messiah. God in flesh, our hope, our salvation. Jesus has purposefully and peacefully revealed that he is the powerful Messiah, then challenges us to live our lives in response. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are the Messiah who has revealed himself to us. I thank you that no matter who we are, what's going on in our lives, that you remain powerful, peaceful, and purposeful, that we can trust you for that reason. So, Lord, as Easter approaches, I just pray that we can look to you for who you truly are and worship you for who you truly are. Lord, reveal to us our shortcomings and work through us for your glory. Amen.